All right, and thanks for joining us, everybody. We are live here from the KFVS Digital News Desk. How are y'all doing today? We're glad to have you here. Uh, we've got Dr. Pam Perry with us. She is with the Southeast Missouri State University Department of Media. How are you doing today, Dr. Perry? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day. I'm so happy to be with yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We're glad to have you here and glad to, and certainly glad to have you in studio before, I guess, those, those roads perhaps get a, a bit iffy here and there, but, uh, and always, always good to, to have one of those days that you can get everywhere you need to be easily and ahead of time. And so um, we, we're happy to have you here. And as part of our Stories of the Heartland series, it's our ongoing program about, uh, about our local authors, local writers, and, and what they are writing about. And you have a, an extensive history. And also, I know a, a, a quite a bit uh, of a, an extensive uh, future, I would say, as far as the, when it comes to, to writing uh, about things like journalism history. Can you tell us a little bit about where that all starts? And uh, also, I know it also has to do with a lot of interest in the presidency and media. Well, when I was a kid, about nine, ten years old, the subject I was best at in school was English. And I was a pretty good writer. And so from a very early age, I wanted to be a writer. And then in junior high, we had a guest speaker said, you know, most people can't make a living as an author. Like they have other jobs and they write books. And I thought, well, I need to make a living. And that's when I found journalism. So I did journalism for about 10 years. And then I went into higher education. And I found that professors are expected not just to teach, but to do that which they teach. And so I continued to write. And so I have a real history, a love of history and journalism history um, as a result of that. That's wonderful stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I know, as we were talking a little bit ahead of time about um, you, a, a handbook that's coming up that you are also authoring parts of, um, particularly about some those subjects that we mentioned there, um, press and the presidency, journalism history. Can you tell us more about what those look like? Yes, there's an academic publisher called Rutledge, and Rutledge is um, a publishing a book. I think it's coming out in 2023. It's not yet out in press. And that book is a companion about journalism history. And um, I'm writing one of the chapters on the press and the presidency, and another chapter on the history of journalism history and there's a co-author who's writing about American history. I'm currently the editor of Journalism History, which is the nation's oldest peer-reviewed journal on the topic. It was founded in 1974, so we're about to have our 50th anniversary. But I was very excited when I was able to write the chapter about the press and the presidency, because I think that the presidency and the press have a very special relationship in America. Uh, one of the reasons is that the press serves as sort of a fourth estate or an unofficial branch of our government. So we have you know, the presidency, Congress, and the courts, and one of the institutions that the founders uh, empowered was the press so that we could sort of be a watchdog on all of those. And so I wrote about how the presidency legitimized the press throughout um, American history. It was a chapter where I couldn't, of course, cover all the presidents, but I chose the ones that I thought sort of helped legitimize the press and their existence and, and their role in our society. For sure, for sure. Um, all that in mind, I know that there is one president in particular that you have 
um, written about before and uh, continue to write about, and that is President Eisenhower, and this, of course, being your book on uh, Eisenhower as the public relations president. Um, can you talk more about what, what that means, that he is the public relations president and, and kind of his interesting relationship with the, the press and media and the like? Well, I think a lot of people, uh, or the people who read it, were surprised at the title, the public relations president, because people don't necessarily think of Eisenhower and think of public relations the way they might JFK. I like to call JFK the press whisperer because he just charmed them. <laughs> For sure. But when I uh, was working on this project, one of the things I found is that I believe, and I assert in my book, that Eisenhower was the most transformative president in American history in terms of the field of public relations. Sure. That doesn't mean that he was the best practicer of it, but that he did a lot of things systemically that led to the advancement of public relations at a time when it was trying to advance. So public relations as we understand it today began around the beginning of the 20th century. And in early days you found some professional folks and you found some unprofessional folks. So they were trying to become a much more professional field when Eisenhower did several things that legitimized them. For instance, this is going to be hard to believe, but it's true. He was the first American president to put the presidential press conference on the record. <laughs> so now when we see the president talking to the press and they quote him, that's not the way it worked. There were presidents that had press conferences, but they, the reporters had to get permission to use the quotes. They weren't necessarily on the record. And Eisenhower was the first president to put them on the record. And just one other example, as he was the first president to allow, to allow TV cameras into the presidential press conferences. So he really elevated the field of public relations and in a way I don't think a lot of people know. For sure. And that seems like such an interesting dynamic. And as far as that goes, there, there's, of course, talk about, um, plenty of talk about you know, the, the presidency and say how you know, FDR would relate to radio, how uh, John F. Kennedy would relate and, and benefit from um, the TV age and things like that. And so, he, you know, I, I suppose, would it, would it be true that he's kind of at this interesting point of how, you know, TV is still very young, but it, it's, it's something where it's, it's, it's coming into its place, radio is maturing, things along those lines, that those sorts of things benefit um, his public relations strategy? Absolutely, and it, it's interesting you mentioned those two presidents because when you think about FDR and what he did for radio, he really elevated radio journalism and he was a very popular president in part because of his power on radio. When Eisenhower becomes president, he says over and over again he wants to do for television what FDR did for radio. Okay. Now he isn't quite as successful because we don't think about Eisenhower as the TV president. Matter of fact, we usually say JFK is that. Sure. But Eisenhower tried. And I think one reason he didn't succeed, and this really isn't unique to me, I read it somewhere, yeah. was that in 1957 he had a stroke. And so he had aphasia. And so he wasn't the best performer, if you will, yeah. on television. Um, additionally, JFK was the first president to have a live press conference. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Eisenhower didn't do that. Eisenhower's press conferences were filmed yeah. and then edited and then released. So the White House had quite a bit of control sure. uh, still in those early days. Absolutely. Interesting stuff. It's always those sorts of stories of innovation and, and you know, adapting to those kind of modern media and, and things are always interesting and it always makes you kind of wonder what uh, I suppose is, is next, how people will adapt next to those sorts of things. But uh, all, of, all of that in mind, I know also a, a work in progress for you has, uh, has been a, another installment on Eisenhower and this specifically um, relates to his administration and you know the, the, the staffing and things like that. Can you tell us more about uh, who, who is uh, particularly in the spotlight there? Yes, when I was researching the public relations book, one of the things I noticed was how intentional Dwight Eisenhower was about advancing women in government. And so I'm working on a second book with the same publisher, Lexington Books, and it is tentatively called uh, Eisenhower and Women Changing the Face of Politics. According to materials released by the Republican National Committee back in that day, Eisenhower advanced more women in federal government than any president before him. Hmm. Now some critics said, yeah, but they were lower level jobs. Well, some of them were, but he also had a cabinet secretary. Not the first president to do it, but he had a cabinet secretary, and he had several other women. He had uh, an associate press secretary, her name was Ann Williams Wheaton, the first woman to work in the press office of the president um, and so he really did a lot to advance those women. And so my book is about how Eisenhower, a person you don't think as perhaps the most progressive on gender issues, that he really did try to advance women in, in government and he believed in equal pay for equal work. And so hopefully people will find that book interesting when it comes out. Absolutely, wonderful stuff. Always one of those things, you know, keep a, keep a note on it and hey, That'll, uh, all the more uh, intrigue and uh, excitement then you can build up that uh, suspense for the release. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, all of that in mind, as you, as you write these sorts of, um, these sorts of books and, and the like, of course there are different modes that they're taking, whether they're handbooks or whether they're um, individual books and things along those lines. What, what sort of messages and, and lessons and ideas do you think it's important that you are communicating through, through your work? Well, first of all, I hope some of my students notice that I'm doing these things, and I want them to be aware as I teach them how to write that I'm still writing. So it's not something I did 30 years ago, even though I did do it 30 years ago, but I'm still doing it, and I'm still adapting. Yeah. And I also want them to understand the value of media history, because that's one of the subjects I teach. And so I want to, in some way be a role model that makes me cringe a little bit but I all you know because you don't announce yourself as a role sure. model but you hope your students are noticing yeah. and then you just hope that the public learns something new from what you're writing about we always try to add to or shine new light on what we call the historiography or yeah. the study of stories yeah. and so hopefully people learn something new when they read these absolutely and it, it, it seems like the history of journalism well, journalism itself and, and that, uh, that, that way of writing it, the way of telling those stories, it seems like to, to tell the stories of the storytellers is, is such an interesting thing. And maybe I may end up tongue-tied before too long, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, 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 is it something where you are able also to, to learn new and, and compelling stories as far as informing your own work? 
yeah, I learn new things all the time. And one, I was asked one time, why study media history? Yeah. Why study journalism history? And my response to that is that because the history of journalism is the history of this country, that we might not even have had a country when we did if it weren't for the newspapers advocating for independence and the role that they played. And um, that's part of, part of why I think that free speech and a free press has such a prominent role in the First Amendment yeah. is that the role that newspapers play. So I still learn new things every day and I hope to always keep learning about the role um, that journalism plays to, to hopefully make our life better. That's, that's the point. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's great. Great stuff. Um, anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up today? I would just like to say that um, Journalism History, which is the journal I'm editing, we're about to celebrate our 50th anniversary. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we just did a diversity study. Oh, awesome. And what we did, and why I say we, uh, really I mean a committee did it, but they studied the past 47 years of publications to see what we might be missing and how we could cover yeah. diversity issues better. And so I'm excited that we're trying to educate ourselves so we can serve our readers better. Absolutely. That's wonderful stuff. Wonderful stuff. Pam Perry, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. To our audience as well, we appreciate you all tuning in. Stick around. Um, up here, right around 1 o'clock, we'll be back. Laura Webbenmeyer will be with us. We'll be looking at the weather and uh, what you all can expect to, to get ready for a potential snow impact on your travels and the like. We'll be back right around the corner.